Hi, I'm Eric. And I'm Lauren. And you're listening to Podcast Podcast. The podcast that talks about how great podcasts are. How self-obsessed. Lauren and I have been catching up on this big old trip you just got back from. I wish it was about housewives. Instead, it was about your boring trip to Africa where you got to go on a safari. No, you got to like live in a safari. Yeah. I was just saying like Eric should not do this because he would pass away from joy. Oh, gosh. I just really like animals and I like wrote a book about African animals and I just like really want to go. You would be very popular there. I'd be like your name was like hey. I dropped your name a few times with the drafts. I was you know, like, you know, Eric. Quite a few students friend. in Mozambique are uh, reading my books. So yeah, right, <laughs> pretty famous. Um, did you have just the best time? Yes, it does, was the best thing I've ever done. Does this feel like a garbage heap in comparison? Yeah, it's hard to come back. I usually want to come back from trips, and I really like never yeah. like I really didn't want to. I understand. So you were there for a wedding. But you like stayed on this like compound that was a safari, right? Yeah, it was like the camps were like, you know, in the middle of the safari, basically. Ugh, so. And you guys, I just watched a video of Lauren tonguing, tongue kissing mm-hmm. a giraffe. What? Will you go on a safari with me? Yes. We would have so much fun. Oh my gosh. Yes, please. You yes, can also, you too times. can tongue kiss a giraffe. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, I'm so t- glad you're back from your I, African vacation. We have a lot of business to cover though. We do have a lot of business to cover because yeah. you've been out of the country. Yeah. Um, so let's jump into our show notes and start talking please, about those notes. Please, first. Um, well, first of course, rate us on iTunes. Like five stars preferably get on there it's actually really really helpful for the show and we have so many and we're so grateful for those of you who have rated us and it literally takes two seconds and if you don't want a non-digital way to support the show you could just talk to your friends about it yeah yeah, yeah. tell someone who you think would like it yeah um, um we would still like you to call the big listen and tell them how much you love us 202-885-POD1 Big Listen at WAMU.org. We're basically like an ad- that's like an advertisement for the Big Listen at the top of our show every time. Maybe that's why they're not putting us on. Oh, because it's like free advertising. Yeah. We should start talking about it in coded language. Mm-hmm. Like, call that podcast you know we want you to call. Yeah. But we're not saying the name. The podcast that shall not be named. Listen, our sponsors pay good money for this. <laughs> yeah. You can't just be giving out the milk for free. I know. Uh- <laughs> Um, what else? Um, what else do we have? Okay. I, you know, whenever there's like a thing on the podcast, that's like calling with your story <laughs> or like if I have any thoughts about an episode, I tweet or I call in. Like I have to, to the point where it's like, if you don't like Lauren Passell, but you listen to podcasts, you're fucked because you're going to hear my <laughs> voice on other podcasts. Like, like they're going to, it's becoming a thing. But every time you write in, you get on because you're always writing in with really good and relevant stuff. Where, I know I know how to work the system. Where I am famous in Africa because of my <laughs> one children's book, you are famous in the podcast world for all of your incredible submissions. I think they're going to put in a restraining order against me. <laughs> they're like, that girl is emailing us again. It's just like the podcast community v. Yeah. Lauren Yeah, No, because I feel like they all hang out with each other in LA. Like they go, you know what I mean? And they're like- They go to like podcasting yeah, cafes. They're like, did she tweet you again? Oh my oh, God. I just no, feel like I annoyed it. everyone. Oh my gosh, they love it. But 
there's just a couple um, episodes that I'm not going to, like, we're not going to play clips from them, but if you're interested, go back and listen. Um, There was a Sporkful episode recently about asking people how they know that it's Thanksgiving time, and the episode's called The Last Sporkful Thanksgiving Special Ever. And if you go to 1740, you get to hear my story. Uh, will you give us a little taste of what what your story was? It's about a soup can turkey craft project <laughs> that I make with my mom every year. Uh, it's really it warms sappy. my heart. Um, Wait, when you're like in Italy for Thanksgiving, because uh, we once uh-huh, were, uh-huh. do you make it remotely? Well, I hope. We always make it be- before. Oh, you have to make it in you advance so you can it, enjoy so you can show it during it Thanksgiving the time. Season. No, you know, you know what? Stupid question. I'm Why sorry. would you? Oh my gosh, you got to milk it for all it's aye worth. Aye aye. <laughs> um, then, okay, there's, you know, you know, uh, Hannah and Matt know it all. Yeah, of course. We had them on as guests a few episodes ago, and they're pretty much brilliant advice givers. Yeah, and they've become very good friends. Yeah. And they actually hosted an episode with Sarah Knight, who is an author that I work with about her new book, You Do You. Mm -hmm. And it's a really good episode, so I recommend that you go and listen to that. Um, Also, there's an episode with the Dumbbells. um, Which is like becoming quickly becoming your number one favorite podcast it's one of my favorites episode 58 (laughs) they answer my question about a gym farter in approximately an hour and 23 minutes so i haven't uh, not to be a bad friend but i haven't listened to that episode yet that you're on and i genuinely can't wait to hear what they think about your gym farter well everyone go listen um it's very helpful yes um finally okay a funny feeling that ghosty podcast this is the one i'm most excited excited about about. so i called in with a story about my mother and me and never mind you have to listen to the episode to hear me tell the story but they play my voice telling the story what episode it's um episode eight it's called a hag's visit and aubrey plaza is on it (gasps) aubrey plaza has heard you tell a story right so i'm just gonna play quickly like what they say after i tell the story wait i have to set it up by saying it is a really good story, you guys. I, as you know, I love ghost stories. This is one of my favorites of all time, and I retell it. It's it's Lauren's story. It's, it's Lauren and Lauren's mom's story. I must say, it's not like other ghost stories. It's like no. a little has a little twist. Oh, it's so good. It's okay. not just like I saw a ghost. Right. There's like a little twist. Yeah. So, anyways, listen to a funny feeling episode eight with Aubrey Plaza. But this is I'm just gonna give you a little taste of what what they talked about after I told the story. Whoa, that gave me chills. Crazy, me too. I for sure got chills. I got chills hard. You guys, has a ghost ever made you so horny? Hell yeah, dude. Whoa, I got electrocuted. (laughs) You got two turned on. Uh, Yeah, she got horny. I got, yeah, she saw her parents, made them have sex. Whoa. And for like, uh, with uh, the lights on. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. God, that was a really good story, That's, Lauren. It was you. It was you. Oh that was my like god. The sixth sense. I got sick whenever she said that, Lauren. It was you. That oh. gave me chills. Yeah. Yeah. I, that was awesome. If that doesn't make you want to go back and listen to episode eight to hear the entire story, I don't know what will. <laughs> <laughs> My my mom's story gave Aubrey Plaza chills. Uh, you telling it gave Aubrey Plaza chills. Okay, I think it's time for your favorite segment. <gasps> Speaking of chills, is it challenge time? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh no, this is oh, a challenge. This is joshing around. It's also a challenge. Challenge time is your favorite 
yeah, yeah, your yeah. favorite segment. Yeah, yeah. Um, is it time for joshing around? Yeah. Uh, um, you start. Well, do you want to explain? You're better oh, yeah. at explaining things than I am. No, that's not true. You're a very good explainer. Mm. But I will gladly explain. Joshing around is our segment. For our friend Josh, who is currently in a long-term relationship and has a long way to drive there and back almost every weekend. So we give him something to, you know, noggin, you know, noggin about, think about, <laughs> um, to, to pass the time. Lauren and I will both give a topic and then Josh will report back which topic best used up his time during the drive. Yeah, and at first we weren't sure if Josh was listening, but we were doing it anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I've just heard word that he listened to the first one mm-hmm. and mine won. So just Yeah, saying. which um, is hard for me to hear. But also, it was the first one where you had no prep time because I made it up on the fly. So anyway. But to be fair, my topic was very good. I know. Actually, I do remember thinking yours was better. Thank you. Thanks. But um, anyways. You, you we'll, can see why this is so hard for me. I know. Sorry. <laughs> I shouldn't have told you. But we'll keep a tally going. Yeah. Okay. Josh. Hopefully I can make it up. Josh, DM me your selections for the best topics. Yeah. Who's going first? I want you to go first because yours is more exciting. Okay. I don't think so. Okay. But um, Okay. So I was just on a safari as I keep on talking about every five seconds because it's you know, I'm a loser. It's like the most exciting thing I've ever done. And, um, it was, my favorite thing was like the cool shit I got to see, but also I was on the safari with like nine of my friends from high school and like their partners. And like, it was like us on the safari vehicle for hours and hours a day doing everything together. They're hilarious. So they're just cracking jokes all the time. Like it was a laugh track the whole way. The best quality time with these people I love. I was not sick of them after a week with them on safari. Like it was the best thing ever. So Josh, I want you to pretend like you're going on a safari and make, build your dream safari, but it can be like anywhere in the world. Like it could be like a safari in Las Vegas. Um, and what would you see on your safari? What would you eat on your safari? We like cooked like eggs on a rock in the middle of the safari. Like, what are you going to make? What food are you going to have on your safari? Um, who's going to be your leader? Who's driving the safari vehicle? And, and most importantly, who are the people that are there? And I hope you invite me. So anyway, dream safari. I actually really want to hear what your dream safari is. So don't just tell me which, don't just tell me that you like my topic better than Eric's or mine, but tell me (laughs) who's on your dream safari. And I hope I'm on it too. I want to be on that safari. Eric's a fun guy. You should invite him. I'm a good, I'm a good egg cooker too. Oh We're on rocks or on the stove. Right. It's true. It's true. All right. You could think about that garbage <laughs> uh-huh. or you could think about <laughs> my office holiday cookie challenge. Oh my God. You love cookie challenges. <laughs> I do love cookie challenges. So, okay. Every year for the holidays, what my, my department does at, at my work is we create, co- like we create a cookie swap. So last year the challenge was... Wait, I have a question. Go. Do you have to do it? Because what if you're not a cookie connoisseur? You have to do it, but it, it allows for very different levels of skill. Okay. Um, so last year's theme was create a cookie just inspired by your favorite Broadway show. I work in the <gasps> theater industry. Yeah, so this makes sense. Um, so like so it, it didn't, it doesn't have to be like you paint, you know, you do like a beautifully... Icing. It could be like dung cookies if the Lion King. Exactly, exactly. So there's a show called Hands on a Hard Body. So someone did Hands on a Hard Biscotti. Do you know what I mean? You can I like, love. Pl- you I want to play. Playful. I wanna someone play. did oh. purple cookies, like with all these like craisins and whatever for the color purple. Oh. Someone did, um, you know, like rose shaped cookies 
for Beauty and the Bee. So it's like get, you can get really creative. Oh so my God. for Josh, because you know he doesn't work in the theater industry, I'm going to open it up to TV and film too. But think of your like one of your favorite TV shows or one of your favorite movies, and like what what is the most creative cookie you can come up with? And can we throw in books? Oh, good one. Okay. A- any any form of media that you consume. Oh, I love this. Something based on that. Also, I want to hear about when, yeah. when is it? When's your when's the cookie? Well, this year it, ours is like in a couple weeks. What uh, are you? Do you know what you're doing yet? Well, that or was our that was our Josh theme last year. Think of it. Oh, it has a new theme. Our theme last year, yeah. So for last year, I like that theme. I oh, it's I'm a good not theme. Done with well, it. this year we're doing it specific to our shows. Okay. Yeah, so it's even more specific. Um. But last year I did um, I did cookies and iced. Um, you love icing cookies. <laughs> I do love icing cookies. I I created the faces of every actress who's played Mama Rose and Gypsy on Broadway. <laughs> I'll show you the picture. I it's can't really good. We've <laughs> never talked about this before. <laughs> it's really good. I'll show you the picture after this. Um, we'll put them up on our. We Facebook should put page. them up on our Facebook page because I'm I'm pretty proud of it. They're kind of adorable. I'm proud of even the idea of it. Actually, that goes to Alan. You won't be surprised. Uh, that, goes, that, that goes to Alan. Of course. I should have smelled that it was an Alan idea. I know. He's little, kind of a little, genius. Little baby genius. He really is. Um, but okay. this here's a different theme. But I want uh, I want you and Josh to think about what your cookie would be inspired by your favorite media, book, TV, I film. I love this. Yes. We should make cookies based on our favorite podcast, inspired by our favorite <gasps> podcast. And yeah. send them yes, to yes, the yes, podcasters yes. that I'm stalking. Oh, that's like, a good idea. I made you some cookies. My hair is not baked into them, so don't worry. Um, I, um, <laughs> I, I'm a, we're on malaria medication still, and it's supposed to give oh, you like yeah. crazy dreams. I, I have not had crazy dreams, but last night I had a dream that Barbara Gray of Lady to Lady <laughs> yeah. called me and invited me to go to Medieval Times, which seems very like a podcast, <laughs> podcasty dream. <laughs> that is That's kind as of wild the as perfect got. podcast, podcast dream. Yeah. Wow. All right. Well, Josh, let us know which, uh, which Josh and Around theme tickled oh, your fancy they're both they're so different and they're different i, I mean yeah. oh, they're both fun it's all it's almost like i should have given a bad one yeah. for this round and then you should have given a bad one next round and so we didn't wait these two Maybe like champion ideas together <laughs> let's plan it out next time <laughs> okay good next I'll time i'll like... come up with a really shitty <laughs> yeah. one and you come up with a good i'm one. like what do you think about recycling oh my god <laughs> no something way. so stupid um okay really good ones should we jump into now your favorite, yeah, favorite yeah. segment? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a podcast challenge. A podcast challenge. Where we challenge each other to listen to a podcast that either we love and we're excited for you to hear or we think you'd really like and we haven't checked it out yet. Um, so last time I challenged you to listen to what? Which, Human Race. Human it's race. the Runner's World podcast from Panoply. <laughs> I actually forgot what I challenged you to, but it was a good one. Yeah, so it's Perfect. it's uh, one of the Panoply podcasts since last episode was all Panoply all the time. Mm-hmm. And it's about running. It's like a storytelling podcast about running. Yeah, and I, it, it's funny because part of me was a little nervous because I, I am a runner, but I often dislike runners yeah mm, yeah you know I, what I, mean? I hear that it's a yeah. very nerdy like runners just think they're so special and they are like i don't know like bragging Whatever. and like i don't enjoy all that i just want to run like you mm-hmm. know so anyway but this was 
every person <gasps> who's ever run long distance needs to listen to this. Oh. Jewu, you would love it because it talks about the science of why we are good runners. So this episode was about endurance and it talks about in the 1980s, a biologist named Dave Carrier came up with this like theory about human evolution and he called it the running hypothesis and it's based on the idea that humans became elite long distance runners so that we could hunt large game by chasing them on foot until the animal collapsed from exhaustion okay interesting. so he actually tested it out with his brother and it's a very interesting story wait like went hunting via mm-hmm. running mm-hmm. and they went and tested it out oh my god and they really talk about the science of like what long what uh, a good long distance runner is what their body is like and what is what their what is happening to their body and it's it's fascinating it's not like light or fluffy or nerdy at all it's like really really super interesting sounds like reading a book but for your ears yeah maybe that's why i liked it wow. that's why i love podcasts <laughs> but um there's there's also like a few other interesting parts like oh well they also talk about the evolution of being able to punch people in the face and this guy believes I'm a, on a tangent a little bit <laughs> but he believes that the human fist evolved to be able to punch someone in the face at the same time the face evolved to be able to stop it take a punch like yeah oh my gosh crazy? so anyways it's a whole conversation about human evolution and anyway um <laughs> There's also a segment about a guy who donates his kidney to his mother-in-law and then runs the New York City Marathon. And I love recovery stories so much. And he had this triumphant, unbelievable race after when he shouldn't have. He was right after surgery and he shouldn't. No one believed he could do it. And he had a great race. And it gave me insight on the mind of a marathoner. And like I, I appreciate it so much. I, I really believe like those moments where you don't think you can do it and you shouldn't be able to do it, that's when you can if, you're, if your t- mind is strong. Mm. And um, I, was think, I, I was thinking it was funny because this guy was like, you know, when they asked him if he would do the kidney donation, he was like, well, can I still run? And they were like, yeah, like eventually. And I, I think if they had told him no, he wouldn't have done given the kidney wow and so runners will go through a lot of painful shit as long as they can run like they'll do crazy things but but if if told they can't run they won't do it like i think that's the mentality runners will do anything to be able to run if someone told me that if i took out one of my kidneys and put it in the garbage it meant i didn't have to run anymore i would do it that's it yeah i guess you're not (laughs) i mean you could be a marathoner i don't have it in my heart it would be extra hard for you because it's not in your heart yeah it's not my heart yeah um anyway i loved it and we'll listen to more or i feel like i rambled way too long about it but i really 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 loved it and i'm gonna be checking out more because it was was great i couldn't be happier i feel like this is my most successful challenge to you ever Maybe. Maybe. Oh. I don't know. It was great. Wow. That makes me excited. Okay. Now for you. I just want to put I just want to point out in the podcast in our in our show notes, um, it says challenge for Eric, wouldn't you like to know? <laughs> <laughs> you thought I was gonna just a little put aggressive it in there? message to me. Yeah. <laughs> um it. okay, so at first I I had like a little switcheroo at the last minute. Ooh. Yeah. Um I was going to actually maybe I won't tell you what I was going to have you listen. Yeah, to. keep it in your back pocket for so next time. You like to know. Okay, <laughs> um, this was like one that I literally found ten minutes before I left my office today, <gasps> um, and I found it because Barbara Gray, who I was just dreaming about, yeah, tweeted about it because she's on it. It's called Fart This. Oh, <laughs> now I think. I mean, 
I could definitely explain to you fart this. I, I, wh- while, wait, while you're thinking about how to explain it, I just want to say, why isn't that the name of our podcast? Oh my God. Well, they have a lot of fart sound effects. Like, uh, more than us, I'm sorry to say. That feels impossible. But, um, <laughs> I'm just going to like, okay, instead of me explaining it to you, yeah. I'm going to just play like the beginning so that she can explain it to Perfect. you. Perfect. Okay. Welcome to Fart This, the game show where comedians play an intense game involving fart sounds. Here are the rules. Every round there is a host. The host has two options. One, who farted. The host makes a fart sound and players take turns describing who farted. The host chooses their favorite, deeming that person the winner of that round. The winner receives one point and then becomes the host. Option two, fart this. The host provides a scenario and players take turns making fart sounds that fit that scenario. The host chooses their favorite, the winner gets a point and then becomes the host. Players are allowed to use any part of their body to achieve their desired sound. No actual farts will be allowed. I repeat, real farts will disqualify players. We will play until there is a winner who will become the ultimate fartist. I'm your host, Maddie, and this is Fart This. Oh my god. Have fun. I am like tearing up a little bit just at that introduction. I can't imagine how much I will enjoy this podcast. Thank you. That's a good one. I, well, I you know, I haven't really dug into the archives yet. Clearly, you just discovered so it. So, I am going to need a full report. Oh, I'm excited for that. Thank you for the challenge. Oh, well, thank you for the challenge. You're so welcome. <gasps> good challenging. Um, could we get a little uh, word or two from our sponsor? I thought you'd never ask. <laughs> this week's episode is brought to you by Kind Bars. Going out is fun, y'all, but there's just one problem. Sometimes I go out to bars and experience people who are very different than me, and that is a big matata. Just the other day, I went out and met a potential new friend who preferred the Real Housewives of Melbourne to the OC. I mean, seriously? Not so potential anymore. Thank you very much. That's why I'm so happy to see Kind Bars popping up all over the world. Kind Bars are the social gatherings for you to convene with people of your kind. Are you liberal? Perfect. Do you hate sloths? Perfect. Are you obsessed with watching cookie-making videos in your Instagram stories? That feels specific to me, and I love it. Perfect. <laughs> These bars are just for you. Do not worry about bumping into people who are different than you. The people at Kind Bars are all the same. Just visit kindbars.com and enter 10 random facts about you. Then kindbars.com will spit back the perfect location for you to find people of your kind. Warning, the bar might be up to 800,000 miles away, but the product is in beta, so relax. Kind Bars. Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name, and sometimes you want to go where everyone is exactly like you. Thanks for sponsoring us. I have to tell you, it's so lucky. So I, of course, joined Kind Bars because they're our sponsor, um, and it turns out the people who are obsessed with watching cookie making, making videos on my Instagram stories, um, that bar is in Hoboken. Oh my gosh, you lucked out. It's so close. Wow. I know. Oh my gosh. It's, but I have a feeling that even if it had been like, like Kenya, who oh. would have been like, I'm going. Sold. Yeah, yeah of course. Yeah. I'm very dedicated to this concept. <laughs> well, thanks to Kind Bars for being our sponsor this yeah. episode. I really liked that one. <laughs> um, should we jump into our first clip? Let's do it. Yay. Now, we've talked about Adam Ruins Everything before. 
And I, so I hope no one's like pooping their pants because I'm bringing it up again. I mean, I am, but out of glee. Oh, okay. I love this podcast. <laughs> oh, it's a good kind of pants pooping. Yeah, of course. Um, but this episode is so good. <laughs> I have never listened to a single episode of anything as many times as I listened to this. Wow, that's How saying that? a lot. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to like underline the whole episode. Yeah. Um, Highlight it all. Yeah. So this is called, this is number 33, Anne Curzon talks grammar and the flexibility of language. Well, no wonder you liked it so much. Yeah, I'm a grammar nerd. <laughs> um, so Adam, in the show, Adam breaks down widespread misconceptions about everything we take for granted, like voting and healthy food. And this epi is about grammar. And Anne Curzon is a language expert and English professor at the University of Michigan. And she's talking about language and how it's constantly evolving, how dictionaries are not the final source of authority in the English language. Um, and in this clip, Anne is talking about non-traditional words like slang words that they get shit for not being standardized words. But spoiler alert, they totally are. People say it's not a word because that is something that people say about words all the time. People often say that words aren't words. Yes. <laughs> you know, like, oh, that's not a word. You can't say that. But we so rarely examine what we mean when we make that statement. Like when someone says ain't isn't a word or I'm trying to think of another example of, of something. Chillax. Oh, great. Chillax isn't a word. Perfect. Chillax isn't a word. Great. Um, that means something different than when you say, you know, flarble isn't a word, right? Um, uh, I, I assume that's not a piece of slang. I assume that's a nonsense combination of sounds I made up. And so what do you think people are actually saying when they say, you know, chillax or ain't isn't a word? Yeah, what there probably a couple different things. I think with a word like chillax, it's slang. Mm -hmm. So it's relatively new. And I think the concern is that somehow it hasn't been legitimized yet. Mm. The authorities on high have not yet sort of waved their word wand and said, <laughs> I now dub you a word. <laughs> And what's fascinating is if you step back from that, and I do think that we sort of think that there are these authorities out there that will do that, and you say, who are those authorities, that suddenly you get into this really interesting discussion of, okay, who are we waiting for <laughs> right. to say this? And they will say, and often we get to, okay, well, the people who write dictionaries, and for most people... They have no idea who write dictionaries, but they, they know that there are people who are doing that and watching the language. And they say, okay, well, when it gets into a dictionary, then it's a real word. Right. And as someone who has spent many years studying dictionaries and how they're made, I'm here to say that if you talk to the editors of dictionaries, they will say, we're watching you all to try to see what you're doing. And then we're trying to record that in dictionaries. Huh. So with a word like chillax, what dictionary editors are doing is trying to see if that word is going to make it. Because a lot of slang is ephemeral. Right. It's it's there for 5 minutes yes. and it's gone. And you and it's totally understandable that dictionary makers, dictionary editors do not want to put in these words that are just fads because they're going to look silly 5 years later yeah. for having put those words in. So they're watching to see if this word is worth sort of embalming, <laughs> enshrining in a dictionary. But that doesn't mean that it's not a word before they make that call. Hmm. A word is a word if we all know 
what it means. If the community of people using it knows what it means, mm-hmm. that's a word. Um, okay, so Anne is my new hero. She's so cool. Like, you think she's going to be like this like stiff, nerdy person who like, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, like but, super bookish. Yeah, but, she, and you'd think that she'd be super stuck on rules, but in fact, she's, it's the opposite. She's all for breaking the language rules. Yeah. She wants language to be fun and for the people <laughs> as it should be. It's like for the people, by the people. Like yeah. we, we create we, it. The dictionary is watching us. Uh-huh. We're, we shouldn't be watching the dictionary uh-huh. too closely. Yeah. This reminds me, I one of my authors is Sir Harold Evans. He's a knight. <gasps> wow, wow, wow. He wrote a book called Do I Make Myself Clear? And it's about clear writing. And I would all, I told him at one time, I was like, I always get nervous about sending you emails, like that everything has to be perfect. And I try, you know, and he is, probably I think he's 92 and he is the most flexible easygoing fun-loving person about language because he's like it should be fun there's no you don't be stuck on the rules like he's like he loves that social media has changed language like he thinks it's exciting if you're excited about language you're excited about changes yeah new language it's like evolving yeah and we always think that the dictionary is like the bible or something like it's like dropped it's like no it's like people making decisions based on what the culture was going on right right so but when you hear a new word like chillax or something like are you like excited or are you like oh gross well i think first i feel old it also depends on the word but i i feel like this notion that like proper etiquette or like language that was established as of let's say 30 years ago from this point you know what i mean which is really what that is is like a little bit exclusive and elitist because a lot of times like folks who are like low income folks who are living in urban areas like these are the young people like these are the folks who have less means and also these are the folks who are revolutionizing language and evolving our language so i feel like the idea that we count those people out of the conversation is is like classist yeah oh that totally you know what i mean and and she actually spends a lot of time talking about how um like historically we use language and grammar rules to make people feel worse yeah to feel superior about ourselves yeah totally and it's this natural part of speech communities that we monitor other people's language and tell speakers how they should and should not use language yeah so it's and it's very easy to do this and it's silencing because mm. when someone tells you you're speaking wrong it hurts and you stop talking mm. so so when teachers are doing that to kids in school or even like giving them bad grades on grammar tests it silences the kids it doesn't mm. make them excited about talking or writing or yeah. learning like um, what could be worse than telling someone like you shouldn't speak up or out because and, yeah, you're, you don't say it right silencing someone is such a dangerous thing to be able to do to especially children um, and she also talks about how we actually need, should be teaching kids to code switch. Like they should be able to speak formally, informally. Kids should be able to speak in text. Text communication is important. Yeah. Like, and it doesn't make you stupid if you know how to say y'all. It makes you better because you can communicate with different people more, that speak more, different yeah, ways. The more, more ways. ways you can speak, the smarter you'll be. That's such a good point. Yeah. Um, I always think about like ain't like i don't know anyone that uses that word uh, but it's true they yeah. talk about ain't a lot it seems like a terrible word to me but <laughs> why? i don't know why yeah what do you think about the word y'all i think y'all has been so widely adopted mm-hmm. you know what i mean like it's it doesn't even it's not even a regional thing anymore people yeah. say y'all you know what i mean yeah. and 
I, with like gender gender identities being so fluid, more folks I, identifying as non-binary, I'm trying to take a lot of gendered language out of my vocabulary. Yeah. And so y'all is actually kind of a perfect well, plural addressing of a group you know I mean, what i mean how could y'all be worse than you guys right like it's i actually love y'all like i yeah the only thing is sometimes when i say it i feel like i'm trying to be cute or like something. an imposter yeah but i'm not i think mm. it's we need a plural you yeah we need one we don't have one we all is it yeah um and you all sounds a little clunky yeah yeah um yins if wait, we were so from pittsburgh we could say yins well, getting into that do you use any <laughs> words like that you think oh, other people question. don't use or that in new york people are like what i bet you do well growing up in northeast ohio i would say pop mm-hmm. which is regional mm-hmm. it's a li- it's a little different i guess because folks all over say different things but now i say nope, soda that's a big one yeah i'm trying to think i don't think i have any others where it's like that is not a that's not the word for that dj did you say pop or is that uh, Northeast? Uh, no, I said pop growing okay. up. Okay. What about backpack or book bag? Ooh. Ooh, good one. Backpack. Book bag when I was a kid. You Sometimes Justin will say things like, you say beggar's night. I had never heard that before. What's that? Halloween. Beggar's night, Halloween. Oh, I've never heard that. Yeah. And even. But that wasn't like a, that was, that was like. No, I know. But that's just something that I had never heard growing up. At, we never would have called yeah. it. That. I feel like that term probably just came about like more recently. Yeah. But Interesting. Because I didn't hear it until my brother had kids. It feels like uh, though the kind of thing that could also be like really, really old. old. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. then just like came back into popularity. Right. Um, the other thing DJ J. Wu says either. And I grew up saying either. Oh, interesting. But now I say either because it sounds just more or less like, Bleh. like either sounds like, like I'm throwing up in my mouth. Like yeah. I like prefer either. But I remember the first time I heard him say it, I felt like, whoa, whoa Mr. Well, Hoity fancy pants. Yeah. <laughs> um, my, Which, you, what do you say? Either. Okay. Say cause either. That's, I, where we grew up, it must yeah. have been either. Okay. Um, our second clip comes from Query, which I love, and I don't care who knows it. I just pooped my pants because we've listened to Query Wait, before. Good kind or bad kind? The good kind. Oh, good. I'm so <laughs> glad. We have. This is like a, um, a baby comeback episode. Um, Query is a podcast. In fact, the other time that we've had it on this show was when I challenged you to listen to it. Do you remember that? Oh, the that's Jen right. Richards it was different episode. different context. Yeah. So it technically wasn't a clip. It was just a challenge. Right. Um, don't take away my podcast credo. I don't know. Um, okay. So it's hosted by comedian Cameron Esposito. It features LGBTQ plus guests of note. Um, it's always just like really sincere and like, it's a heartfelt discussion between her and the guest. Um, and I always learn so much from it. Um, which again, sounds like reading a book for your ears, but it's, it's more fun than that. Um, the people Cameron has on are just so interesting and wise. Just like it reminds me of us. I know. <laughs> so I feel wise. Like I'm going home. <laughs> um, this episode's guest is Gabe Liedman, who's a TV writer. He's worked on Inside Amy Schumer, Brooklyn Nine Nine, and Kroll Show. Um, I first knew him because he's like BFFs with Jenny Slate, who's one of my favorites. Um, Did you know Jenny Slate is writing a book? She we're is. Pu- we're publishing it. That's very exciting mm-hmm. to my ears. More later, sorry. Okay, I want to read that book. Um, so Gabe just got married, hooray! And he and Cameron are talking about proposals and how each couple, Cameron is sort of famously married to fellow comic Rhea Butcher, and together they have a podcast called Put Your Hands Together, which is really funny. It's a stand-up podcast. 
anyway, <laughs> they're talking about how each of those couples um, determined who would be the one to propose in advance. So here is Cameron's take on that unique element of a same-sex proposal. You know what, though? <laughs> I see this why is what's it. awesome. Yeah. You get to share that with your husband. Right. I feel like we, you know, so often when we talk about queerness, we talk about, like, the difficulty, mm-hmm. the, the things that make it hard. And I think we don't spend enough time as a community talking about the things that are fucking awesome, which is that, like, right. people are taught to be honest with, like, friends and hide things from their partners. And, right. you know, the way that we grow up, we were taught to, like... Like, you're supposed to trust dudes, and I'm supposed to trust chicks, and, like, that's how it's supposed to go. So being able to share something like that with your husband is actually really amazing. Totally. And I was like, this isn't going to break. I knew it wasn't going to, like, break us up or blow it up or, you know. That's really cool. It's kind of – it's, like, something that comes with, um, like, the the equality between the sexes. Like, the thing that we're afforded by being equal um, is fucking cool. Yeah, it's one positive way. Totally it comes out. Yeah, so romantic, right? Yeah, very sweet. Um, it's true though. All of the same sex or queer couples that I know who are in serious long term relationships, like they know who will do the proposing before someone proposes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's like there's no question. Right. Well, you sort of, it's something that you sort of have to suss out. If you're talking about marriage, you're also sort of talking about who you think will propose. Yeah. You know. Yeah. No, it's funny because jo- Josh from Josh and Around uh-huh. and Brian just got engaged. Yep. Oh, and congratulations. We were at his engagement party and like everyone thought that Josh would be the one to propose. That's what it seemed like yeah. in, from the outside. And we were talking to him about it and Brian was like, no, of course I would have proposed. And it, no one got it they, <laughs> to them. They knew. Brian was the one in the relationship that would propose. But it yeah. didn't, Josh is the planner. He's the more, I don't know, he's the one that you think wanted to, would want to get married more. Yeah. Like, and, anyway, so they, but in their heads, they, it's defined. It they makes knew. sense. Yeah. yeah. Did you ever consider proposing to DJ Wu? I know he actually proposed to you in reality. No, because I was a little nervous about marriage. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. I mean, you were always the one that was like, you didn't think you wanted to get married yeah. until this handsome guy right. walked in your life. Like, so if he was going to ask, <laughs> I was going to say, hell yeah. <laughs> I probably wouldn't have brought it up myself. Yeah, yeah that's fair. You? So it's true. If you, Even if you guys, if it wasn't defined in sort of a default way, who would have posed it? Probably would have been Justin anyway, mm-hmm. don't you think? Our relationships are like how we are. Yeah. I think, yeah. Um, we decided it would be me. Um, How did you, so you literally yeah. had a conversation about it. Yeah. Well, sort of the PC answer is like, I am similarly the more like committal one. Like I was the one that wanted to get married more like in, in sooner. Um, I, um, would be the one that would like to plan something sort of fun and romantic. And also, and also Alan is so just like chill and like. Yeah, He's chill, yeah, yeah. and also he has, like, specifications that, like, I would have to consider, like, he wouldn't want to do it in front of other people. Like, there's stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but the non-sort of, like, fluffy answer is that I sort of got proposed to in college. Oh, and I so, forgot about that. <laughs> so he You're, didn't feel it was fair for one person to get proposed to twice in their life and the other zero times. So I had to do it. <laughs> uh-huh. I totally forgot about that. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, well, it was sort of like a a real half-assed proposal, so I don't even know if it counts. Still It totally counts. (laughs) Um, Anyway, I think Cameron is totally right that this is, like, representative of the ways that same-sex or queer couples have to, like, redefine everything about their relationships and marriages. 
um, which kind of like allows for these like open, honest conversations, was you know, there something that you loved about your wedding that you thought it was just cool because you didn't have to follow the rules so much. So much. I mean, that was the great thing is when we were looking at starting to plan our wedding, we were starting from scratch. We knew we didn't, we wanted it to be a non-religious ceremony. So there was no sort of like, um, I don't know, like script that we could follow. So one thing that I really liked is the way that we involved our friends, i.e. you. Mm -hmm. Um, We just had a really small ceremony, which was the best. It was so intimate and great. One of the best days of my life. That's so sweet. Uh, Partly it was out of need. We had to get married in New York instead of Ohio because it wasn't legal in Ohio at the time. So we did it really small because we didn't want to ask our big extended families to fly in New York. Um, but we had our friends, we had four friends that we selected read um, like different thoughts on marriage. And they ranged from like, you know, like serious philosophers and authors to like Caitlin, age four, like her thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so that was probably my favorite is like being able to include the most important people in our lives in that way. Um, okay. I once wrote an article um, for the blog of a dating app. Thanks to Lauren. Lauren was working for this oh my dating gosh, app at the time. I forgot about this. I know. I did too until I was listening to this clip. Um, but I wrote an article, the the 10 reasons <gasps> it's why so being... Good. I forgot <laughs> right? Um, the 10 reasons why being in a same-sex relationship is awesome. So I want to read some of them for you guys now. Um, okay. The first one is that your wardrobe doubles in size. That's nice. Literally. I mean, if, you, if you're the same size, mm-hmm. you know, generally. But, like, I'm not a trendy guy, but Alan is. So I get to steal all his clothes. Yeah. Um, we, uh, no one is, like, damned to do the housework, you know? Like, not not in every opposite sex relationship is it the default that the woman does more cleaning than the guy. That but often ends up that way. Yeah, it does. And by the way, in my relationship, it's the opposite. <laughs> but keep on going. Justin does the cooking and the cleaning. Um but yeah, I mean, for us, it's just like we both do it because that's like, why would one person be the default? Um, we're uh, we're uh, not really pressured to like get married and have kids as much as everyone else, you know, except for by our moms. Yeah. Always the moms will pressure you. Um <laughs> but like really people weren't like when are you tying the knot and now people aren't like when are you going to have babies, you know. Um we can't accidentally get pregnant. So that feels nice. like that's a, game a real winner. <laughs> Although now that we sort of are like looking to have kids in the in the in the you know nearish future it's like oh, I wish we could just like just get try, knocked try up. Harder. That's such a good point. Yeah. We haven't Talk really like up. tried that hard. Right, okay. Right. You know what? We'll try that hard. We'll try harder. Um, and then my, the last one is um, I'm confident that my mother would never have liked any girl <gasps> I brought home. That's the best point of all. <laughs> she wouldn't. I mean, I think there's something about like, I don't know. I, my dad always jokes that I was the golden child. Like me and my mom just had, you know, such a great relationship. And I think she just would not have liked girl that I brought home as much as she liked a guy because it was just like I don't know different different yeah, it's different yeah, yeah. so anyway those are some of the reasons oh um, that brought me joy yeah why totally uh, same sex relationship is rock star because certainly it. there are challenges but it's fun to think about there's a, there's all the benefits true that's why you have to think about the yeah the, perks. the good parts too so go listen to query just like in general go listen to it this episode was with Gabe Leadman. check it out Love it. Let's get into our segments. Let's do it. Starting with Jingle Jangle. 
in Jingle Jangle, we give you something to tap your toots to. Just a little musical something something. Yeah. And this week, it's coming from The Nerdist. Y'all know The Nerdist. Y'all hopefully love The Nerdist like I do. So it's Chris Hardwick's podcast. And it's like one of the first things that he started with his like nerdist empire which is huge now um he has like tv shows out the wazoo he was sort of famous for like the talking dead which was like the walking Dead after show he had after midnight on comedy central he's great um he interviews actors artists and musicians most of whom who have some sort of like nerdy in you know what i mean on the on the show so this one features comedians dana gould and janet varney Janet Varney, you might know from her podcast, The JV Club, which I love. And we've featured clips on on this show from. Uh, she, among other things, created a show at UCB with Kit Pongetti called Fempire. <laughs> like like feminine fe- femme vampire, you know? Um, the show is billed as, quote, an all-female, female empowerment musical duo that goes where all the other crappy chick rockers were afraid to go, end quote. <laughs> what a good description. I feel like this is something you would love. Yes, yes. <laughs> so in this clip, Janet and Kit are singing from a song that uh, from that show called Me and My Vagina. <laughs> Here it is. I am all powerful compared to you, sir. But there are some things that a woman should not do. Your dirty dishes, well, that's a start. Pick up the pieces of your shattered little heart Or be an architect, that's too much math And strike accountant off that list, I'll feel my wrath Women are terrible with money, even worse, they're just not funny We lack the balls and muscle mass for the Marines And just forget the presidency Cause we show too much clemency Ask a woman if you don't know what that means So deal with me and my steaming cup of femininity Don't burn your tongue Cause me and my vagina are coming up behind you And my velvet lock don't need your wooden key So deal with me And my steaming cup of femininity It's actually it's beautiful. I know. I was like really like if that was like yeah, that was like a pop hit. I would totally listen. You know, um, my fun fact for this clip is that Chris Hardwick and Janet Varney used to be in a relationship. What? Isn't that crazy? That is like for a long time. It makes, it makes sense. Yeah. yeah, and now her podcast is on the Nerdist. Like it's hosted by the Nerdist. So um, no, no awkward feelings there. They no. seem to have cleared the waters. Yeah cleared the waters they're obviously supportive of each other in a great way um if you could match up to other podcasters oh my god who would you oh my god also clock the use of ship there that's the thing the kids are saying when you like want two people to get together you ship them i feel like you put these in the show notes very late because i did not i I did hours to prepare i know wait okay you can come back next episode and tell us what you think if you don't want to do it on the spot this could be a josh and around segment (gasps) i could think about this for like days okay perfect wait so next time this is a lauren a lauren around okay uh lauren lying around lauren around we'll get there um next time tell us two Mm. podcasters who you would want to see in a relationship And it can't be me and DJ Jaywoo because that's too uh, obvious. Okay. <laughs> that would be awkward for me to say. That's <laughs> that's so true. All right. Again, that was from The Nerdist with Dana Gould and Janet Varney.
love it. Thank you. Woo! Should we jump into our no comment segment no where we play comment. a clip that a clip that requires no comment? Yep. Um, I'm going to see very little, and then I'm going to play the clip, and then I'm going to say absolutely nothing. Wow. Um, this is from Love It or Leave It, and we've talked about this podcast before, so I'm not going to talk about it that much. It's from the Crooked Media, John Lovett, the former Obama speechwriter. Um, and Andy Cohen is on Love It or Leave It in this episode. I'm familiar. Um, it's uh, the, the episode is called The Real Housewife in Chief. And Andy Cohen is comparing Donald Trump to a real housewife. And, uh, you know, I've looked at him for the last two years and said, this guy is, and just go there with me, he's like a season one real housewife who... <laughs> Who's who, wanted her own who, spinoff? Well, what'd you say? Who like wants her own spinoff? Oh no, she, she they all want their own spinoff. <laughs> um, but no, he's like a season one housewife who, first of all, hasn't figured out her hair and makeup at all because it's usually season two or three for some where they really get it together. But also, he will do or say anything to stay on the show. And that is, you know, someone who is grasping like, oh, no, 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 I don't want to get fired. Like, no, I'm going to say this. And now what do you think? And the crazy thing is that he has stayed on the show. I mean, that's what I am aghast that he's still on the show. I would have fired him a long time ago. (laughs) Trust me. (laughs) Um, Okay, another fun segment to wrap things up. Segment, segment. Uh, this is the segment where we talk about non-podcast related things because we have other interests, okay? Yeah. You don't know us. Yeah. And one of my interests is the iHome smart plug. Uh, oh, my God. <laughs> it's self-explanatory. <laughs> okay. Uh, I have no question. <laughs> so it's, it's this thing where you plug it into the wall and then you plug something else into it and then you can turn it on and off from an app anything? on your phone. Anything. Anything. We happen to be so using wait, it for wait. our Christmas lights. Oh, my God. I just thought of something you could do with it. Give it. You could attach it to your fish tank and fuck with the fish. <laughs> <laughs> wait, what is it? What is the plugged in fish tank do? Like, like blow bubbles or something? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know the fish tank. Well, we could, that's that's what we do, except the fish tank is our apartment and the bubbles are oh lights in the apartment, like the Christmas lights all around the room. And so I turn them on when I'm coming home to let Alan know I'm coming home. I feel like I'm getting a little carried away with the Josh and Around things, but I feel like another Josh and Around segment. We're not going to do it, but what what are the multitude of things you could do with this device? A good use for your iHome smart plug. Yeah. Listen, I'm really loving it. You can turn it. In the summer, you can use it for your air conditioner, so you can turn that on like when you're on your way home, so it cools it down. You could put a burrito in the microwave. (gasps) Oh, but... No, that... Mm. That could work. mm, A little dangerous. You know what? We'll test it. Do not do what I say. Do what I do not do what I do. (laughs) You know, the saying. Do not do anything in the vicinity of anything Lauren will say to do. Don't listen to me ever. (laughs) You know, the saying. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Okay, what's your segment segment? Um, Okay. Hold hold my microphone, DJ. (laughs) I hope that this is going to be some sort of like acting out some sort of like charades situation. <gasps> okay. Um, wait, I just brought something back from a hidden place in my apartment. Now I, okay. When I was growing up, 
Like I would go on vacation with my family and like I always like was like fuck this museum where's the gift shop you know what I mean like <laughs> fuck this boring shit when do I get you to can't buy even take something that stuff home I know I just want a toy you know that's normal like kids just fuck yeah it was very taboo like I remember <sighs> thinking my dad is gonna yell at me you know what I mean it's yep. like you have to just act like this is all you're getting and yep. this is a fucking blast Ugh, we're what at a, a good goddamn time. garden there's like we get nothing to stand and walk around. Pictures and, of old people. Yeah, and I feel like even as an adult, it's like rather taboo to be like, oh, whatever. I don't need the gift shop. Like, who cares? I was here for the experience. Like, yeah, I don't need. And I so right. and I was it, this uh, gift shop in Kenya, and I was like, wait, I fucking love gift shops. <laughs> I want everything, and I don't think it's silly because I wear like jewelry that I buy in gift shops, and I remember them forever. And like, it's supporting where you've been. Yeah, I. And I love looking forward to taking a piece home with me. I don't think it's silly. I, I think you should buy your souvenirs and enjoy them. And I got you a souvenir. Oh, my stars. Okay, I cannot wait to open this thing up. Okay, it's beautifully wrapped in some craft brown paper, just like very classic. I'm nervous to open it. I don't want to like break something. You brought this all the way. You only had so much suitcase room. And it was you very important. brought me something. Oh. <gasps> you like it oh my gosh the listeners love it oh my gosh he is so beautiful okay you guys it is this like handcrafted wooden giraffe who is like it will like sit on a shelf do you know what i mean like it's, it's like, like butt is like a 90 degree yeah oh you guys it's so nice Look, my favorite Eric part of that his eyes have a little gold his eyes are golden I didn't even notice that. You ah. must be staring into his eyes. Anyway, I love souvenirs. I love them. I love them. Everyone gets souvenirs. I love them. I love them. Well, now I love souvenirs too because I've greatly benefited from your enjoyment of them. Thanks, you guys. That's so sweet. Mm, enjoy. Can I tell you that my favorite thing, uh, my favorite souvenir thing was um, my dad, when I was growing up, would travel a lot for work because he was in sales. Um, and sometimes when he was on a long trip, he would bring home a little souvenir. Oh, yeah. And it was always something like silly and oh, little, but God. there was nothing better than the second he walked in that door, we would slam his suitcase down and unzip that thing to find Same our little thing. souvenir. Even my dad would bring me back a miniature ketchup bottles ah. one time he brought me back a captain morgan keychain that i like you know the pirate like yeah anything. and i'm sure you were like a kid it's kind of like expected right if yeah. you have kids and you're i mean the least you are required to bring back literally anything bring it on back anything does that mean that i'm kind of like your kid since you brought me yes. this great souvenir yes Ugh, love it DJ Jaywood, do you have a segment segment? Yours, yours better end with a gift for me. <laughs> <laughs> my gift to you is my my presence and That's how true. tan I am. It's true. just what I wanted. No, but my segment segment is being tan because I have <gasps> been the pastiest Asian one. person <laughs> in New York City for the, the well over two years now. I don't know if I would go that far. And, but... and, I, uh, and I got some sun yeah. on this trip and... I got back and like literally every single person at work is like, oh my God, <laughs> where did you go? Or that like, how did you, them. you look so sun kissed or whatever. I don't know. Fucking weird <laughs> sayings. And I'm like, yeah. Wait, did someone actually say you look yeah. sun kissed? Oh yeah. my God. You do look sun kissed. And it's even better because normally if people are like, you look sun kissed, you're like, I was in Florida or whatever. But now you get to be like, I was in Kenya. I feel like I look healthier. Oh. I do think you like, I feel, wait, correct me if I'm wrong. Your family is from a more Southern part 
well, of my, Taiwan. My dad's family. And they're yeah. darker, a little bit darker yeah. skin. So it's like you probably just feel more like comfortable like with how you look when you're a little darker. Uh, yeah, well, I, I, I would say I was always like that just because I was always outside. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm good. like not used to being so pacey. I, don't I know. know in New York it's like we don't spend that much time yeah. outside exposed to the sun. Yeah. Um, I have been slathering Jurgen's sunless tanner <laughs> on my body every day for ten years. Really? Yes. Oh my gosh. Every day. Really ten years? Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. Well, you both look absolutely glowing. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Jurgens. We we they they're not even paying us. Thanks, Kenyan son. Oh wow! Oh my God, we talked about Kenya so much, <laughs> and yet not enough. Uh, it was really fun to hear about your trip, though. <sighs> Thanks for listening, because you know we just. That's what you want to do when you get home. From yeah, trip. But, but not luckily, everyone wants to hear, but you want to talk. Luckily, I really want to wanted to hear this you're one. Sweet, you're sweet. Um, and I hope you all really wanted to hear this episode because I think it was pretty good. I I agree. I think we nailed it. I'm grateful to our editor, Kara Hughes. Thanks. Thanks a lot, Kara. <laughs> this is a lot. <laughs> um, you her a lot. Thanks to um, our my new little giraffe, whose name What's is name? Monty. <gasps> because the reason you were in Africa was for Monty's wedding. Monty the human's wedding. Mm-hmm. Sorry to clarify. Um, <laughs> our cat is not getting married yet. Monty... Real Monty, the cat, is sitting on a shelf just as though he were a beautiful hand-carved wooden giraffe. Also, I'm not sure if you heard, because we bought one of these for ourselves. It's a cheetah, and it's on our shelf. And I don't know if you heard a little noise earlier in the podcast, but Monty was trying to (laughs) knock it over. He was. Um, No such luck. And if you come near my giraffe, you're a dead cat. Seriously. Um, Thanks, y'all, for listening. Thank you. Y'all. I said it. And it was, like, perfect use. A plus. Thanks, man. Have a great time, everyone. Bye. Bye.